Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Brian, we finally had a woman on the show. Uh, you've been waiting <laughs> for this. You're like, you, we, we got to have some more females on the show. We finally yeah. got one. She's an absolute legend. And she gave us uh, some good time. And she has a big fight coming up as well. Women's boxing is having a moment. And this woman is having a moment. And that is Heather Hardy. We are very excited to have her on the show. Former World Featherweight Champion who's going to be fighting Amanda Serrano for the Undisputed Featherweight Championship in a rematch of the 2019 bout. They're going to be fighting August 5th, Dallas, Texas, and we just had Heather on to talk about that. Growth of women's boxing, uh, some New York-specific questions because, you know, New York's a New York love there. And look, Heather's somebody that I've interviewed a couple times early in my career, uh, more than a couple times, just about various different things when she was transitioning to MMA, before she fought Shelly Vincent in 2018, before the Serrano fight in 2019. So happy to catch up with Heather once again. Here's our conversation with Heather Hardy. Welcome back to The Mandatory. We got a very special guest rocking with us today. She's the former WBO featherweight world champion, also known as the Heat, always rep in Brooklyn, one of the legends in women's boxing. We got the one and only Heather Hardy. Heather, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. So obviously you got a big fight coming up against Amanda Serrano this summer. Um, how has training been already? And are you already in the process of uh, that whole entire training camp? Oh, yeah. I mean, this fight is at 126. So uh, we're using May to just lose weight. <laughs> 126 <laughs> is like little kid weight. So uh, we're going to use May for just like, um, you know, entering fight camp. We certainly don't want to burn out by overtraining. So we're doing this as a very casual kind of weight loss cut some pounds uh, to kick off true camp June 1st. Heather, what was sort of the process of putting this together? Because Amanda Serrano, you know, she beat Erica Cruz and she was supposed to have the rematch with Katie Taylor and then pulled out due to injury and whatnot. What was sort of the process of getting this fight? How did it get put on the table for you? And um, you obviously jumped at the opportunity for a rematch. So how did this all come together? Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, I did two local shows, some small shows. I, I bounced back at 135 and 132 um, just to kind of get back in the rankings and kind of show people I'm still here. I changed my team. Um, I spent all year last year with Hector Roca every day just fixing technique, changing my boxing. As everyone knows, Roca passed away in January. And one of the things he said to me the day before he died, it was um, January 2nd, day after New Year's, he said, everybody thinks you're past your prime, baby, but I don't think you hit it yet. This is your year. 
and he passed away just a few hours later and it kind of resonated with me like he really believed in me like he really because Roca if you know him wasn't the kind of guy to just tell you something if he didn't he wouldn't say it unless he mean it that's why I like if Roca say oh you look very pretty today you know you look good <laughs> <laughs> and when when he had said that I kind of went into my fight in February um those uh kind of on a small venue thinking like all right well we're gonna do the show for Roca and then I'm gonna try for the world title so I contacted a friend in writing and um, Tom Drabassi used to write for uh, Ring Magazine and Boxing Scene. I contacted him and I asked him to put it out there to that, you know, like this is the final chapter and I want to crack at a world title and I think that my resume speaks for itself. So it was kind of like 126, 130, 135, wherever I can get some bread, who wants me? And Amanda hit me up right away. She said, you know what? You gave me your first defense in 2019 you didn't have to you gave me the defense and i won my world title off you you deserve the rematch so and, and i remember that fight i remember interviewing you actually i think it was at gleason's gym either before or after you beat shelly vincent so this mm -hmm. was around that time i think it was in your office and i remember the amanda serrano fight and that coming together and i think some people may have been surprised just because like you know that's your choice for your first title defense <laughs> of all people. Just what was the toughest part about fighting Amanda, um, you know, at that point? And are there things that you could take from that experience that, you know, maybe you could try to exploit in this rematch? Yeah, you know, a lot of people um, didn't think that I should take the rematch, but I'm from Brooklyn. I'm a fighter. I'm not a boxer. I'm a fighter. And if you call me out, we fight him, you know, and my pride was too big for my brain. And I think the hardest part of fighting her was half of my team wouldn't train me because they said, you're not going to win. So I kind of went in there with only half a team behind me because the other half was kind of like, you're not going to beat her. I'm not going to let you bring me down. And it was a lot of negativity in the camp. You know, I don't punch as good as her. I don't move as good as her. And um, that, that was really the hardest part. And that was really what kind of drove me this year training with Hector for the year and changing my coaches and changing my team and changing everything that that was kind of my motivation. Like I got a whole team of people behind me who ain't in this for the money, ain't in this for the, the, the round of applause, ain't in this for the social media following. These guys want me to win so bad. So yeah. it feels real good to have a team behind me who wants me to win as bad as I do. Heather, how much of like a learning experience was that for you to make sure, obviously sometimes in boxing, like it can totally be mental, right? And that experience, how much did you learn from that experience knowing that I got to have the right people in my camp? I got to have people that believe in me. And how much do you think that will have an impact leading into this fight against Amanda? Sure. I think that um, I had, it took me three years to learn it, right? Like I fought her in 2019 and here we are 2023, I think. <laughs> But it was like, after the fight, it took me a real long time to look back and go, you know what? Mental health is so as important as your physical health. Like the team, the part of my team who stood behind me walked into the locker room saying, you're in the best shape of your life. You're boxing better than I ever saw. You're stronger than I ever saw. But it was the mental health aspect at that part that that really wasn't um, there. And I didn't realize it because 2019, I lost my title. I had lost an MMA fight just a couple couple weeks before and I kind of was just like, you know what, maybe this ain't for me anymore. Maybe I passed pass my time. Maybe it's time to hang it up. And it was a lot of this, right? Like learning 
what do I need to do to win that title back? And, you know, as far as I can see, I've done everything I need to. What's the relationship like between you and Amanda Serrano these days? If there is um, one? Yeah, we, I mean, she, she mad cool. Like she, she, it was her and I who like negotiated this fight. You know, I was the one, she was the one who read the article and reached out to me and was like, sis, if you wanted it's yours, like you gave me my shot. If you really wanted it's yours. And I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I want it. You know, like, yes, I want it. So she's like, cool. And it was her and I going back and forth. Like, okay, this is how much money. This is this. This is when it's yeah. going to be. Chill out. Don't post. Don't do this. Don't do that. Yeah. And right up until contract signed. And it was her and I negotiating. So. Which is also why we waited to do this interview. Because yeah. I reached yeah. out to you before. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hold on. There's some news coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. It took her a couple of weeks. But, and, and, you know, MVP is very, like. You know, almost it's like a verbal NDA, like no talking about this because media comes yeah. on our rollout. So I remember I was talking to Chantal. I was like, I don't, what do you think this could be? Like, I'm like, she's got something coming, man. She, yeah. she, she's got something coming. In. I thought it was going to be like merch or some shit. And it's like, nah, 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 we're nah, fighting nah. Amanda Serrano, bro. <laughs> Yeah. And at, at this point in your career, obviously, Heather, um, you know, you've been through so much throughout your whole entire career. And the platform now that women's boxing is on, uh, the fact that you're fighting Amanda Serrano, like, what do you think that means for women's boxing? And what's your thoughts on how women's boxing has just grown within the last year or so? That's a really good question. And, and, and it's significant where people might not realize it. But me and Amanda were boxing in the era where we were making $50 a round, you know, sitting at BB Kings on Lou DiBella shows when you'd have guys like Steven Espinosa telling us, oh, you girls are great, but I'll never put females on Showtime. You know, we were lived through that generation of, of, you know, there was no ceiling, there was no top, there was no answer for what we could do or where we could be. You know, now these girls have the Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano fight at the garden to look and say, I can be a main event. We had nothing. We were just hoping, working, praying for, for any kind of breakthrough. So for us to be the girls who crawled so girls can walk, so other girls can run, to see it through. I mean, I'm so grateful. I have goosebumps. When I think of the girls who came before me, like Alicia Ashley, Belinda Laraquente, Melissa Hernandez, those were girls who crawled, who made, who fought for free in front of, you know, who traveled around and, you know, in places where the, the main event was making, they were making like a hundred bucks to travel and fight out of the love and passion for the sport. Those girls aged out and quit and never got to, to run. I get to run. Um, I wanted to also ask more on just the women's boxing front and it being so different now and you sort of walking while they can so that they can run and you being able to run as well in talking about this being your final chapter are there like other than winning this fight but are there a list of things that you still want to accomplish before it's actually over is it just winning one more world title or is it more than that uh well my mom taught me when i was young you take one step at a time you don't you don't got to plan out every step of the way. You know, right now, I had a big step ahead of me. I hear my big plan after Amanda now, and I got her in front of me. So, but now that that's where I'm at. That stage of my career where we're just going to take it one step at a time. 
And obviously, like being older and, you know, I mentioned training, training before, but what's the difference about training when you first started uh, professionally fighting to now, you know, being 40 years old, obviously your body's a little bit different. So are you doing anything differently uh, within training? Yeah, like we're going to take this week to start, week, month to start letting the weight come down. Like I remember when I first started boxing, I used to be able to go for a run, skip dinner and wake up eight pounds <laughs> lighter. And that shit stops after a while. You know, you got <laughs> I got to go to church to get down under 130. So, so yeah, so I, I have to, you know, one thing, the plus side, though, you keep on talking about you're 40, you're 40. One plus side to being 40 is I know myself, I know my mind, yeah. and I know my body. So, so yeah. there ain't no experiments. Yeah, I know what I got to do. And, Heather, you also started late, correct me if I'm wrong, right? You yeah. debuted in... You were, I think, in your late 20s, you had told me before, yeah. or something along those lines. So, I mean, there's something to be said for, hey, like, I could actually reach my prime a little bit later, so to speak, because I got a late start in this. For sure. Right? I was learning on the job. You know, I started boxing at 28. I won every title you can win as an amateur, turn pro at 30. And my pro career has really been like a learning curve. I get better every fight. I learn more. I make mistakes. I'm growing from them. You know, you, you can't ask for more. So as long as my body, 40 or not, physically capable, I'm put hands on people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also the experience factor as well when you add into it, like everything that you kind of been through uh, within your career, within your life, like going into a big fight like this, obviously there's going to be, you know, um, you know, stories being done on you, big segments before the fight to let other people that haven't followed your career kind of know a little bit more about you. But how much do you think experience leading into this fight will be a big factor? Well, I think it is a big, but let's not forget, Amanda has experience too. She won, yeah. she turned pro before I even became an amateur. You know, she got a lot more skin in the game than me, even though she's younger. So I'm not trying to use my experience like it's going to be my upper hand in this. She got experience too. She got everything, you know, like people are like, how are you going to beat Amanda? Fuck if I know, I'm going to go in there and fight though. <laughs> <laughs> what, what originally uh, led you into boxing, Heather? Like what, what is it that made you turn and be like, hey, like I should try this even though it's not something I grew up doing necessarily? Well, it, when I, uh, I was going through, I was 28, I was going through a divorce and me and my sister were both living with our kids, no child support. I was working like six jobs, seven jobs, just to support all four of us. And she surprised me one day with a gift certificate. They opened up like a little karate school in my neighborhood. And it was like one of those, they put the music on and you dance before you go to bed and whatever. And she was like, wanted, <laughs> wanted me to get out the house. And within three weeks, the owner of the, the studio was like, listen, I know it's weird, but would you want to join the fight team? We got somebody your weight and our girls hurt and we need someone to fight. And like in karate, they do competitions. And I was just like, okay, you know, like my mom told me nobody beat you like your mom does. So, <laughs> and, uh, and I trained for three weeks, cardio kickboxing. I went in there, I beat the shit out of this girl. And I was like, wow, I'm good at this. And I just thought to myself, working all those jobs, living in Garrison Beach, hustling for my sister, like, Maybe I could use this to be the thing to get me out of here. And I just chase after it. Were you fighting in school growing up? Not really, but like everybody kind of got beat up by their cousins and their friends' cousins. Yeah. Like I grew up in Garrison Beach. It's like a really like a working class, lower class community. Everyone's parents work two jobs. So you get home from school yeah. and all the older brothers and sisters were in charge of everybody. So we done got beat up so many times just 
for being around, you know. It's the same. It's the same here in Ridgewood and Bushwick. I, it's the same thing up here. <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting because you mentioned you had like six or seven jobs, right? Um, what was one of the worst jobs that you hated during that time? And and during the time you were doing it, were you ever thinking like, "Yo, I can't wait till I make it in boxing, so I don't gotta do this shit"? Like, did that? Did you have that moment while you were working? Hell yeah! I used to come and train at the gym. I would get up at like 4.30 in the morning, leave Garrison Beach, come to the gym, train, you know, so that by 7 o'clock I could shower and be on my way. And I used to deliver books to public schools in the Bronx, like test prep books, and try to sell them the test prep books. But I would have to go to like 10 different public schools, and I didn't drive. So I would have like four bags of textbooks and like walk into the train, sore from training, like, oh, I hate my life. <laughs> Probably the worst job I have, but they pay good, so I had to keep it. That's hilarious. You know, it's funny because like, it's like I've had jobs that I've hated before and I always used to think like, I can't wait till I'm, I'm done doing this so I could actually do what I want to do. Um, with that being said, like if there's any advice that you could possibly give to a young girl that wants to get into boxing, um, you know, what would you kind of tell them? Stay in school and be smart. Learn how the money's made. If you want to make a career in boxing, don't think it's just about fighting and being good because it's not. It's about marketing yourself and learning how can you be beneficial to somebody so that they want you fighting on their cards. I promise you, boxing is not just about who can fight and who's good. It's not just about who looks good. It's not just about who has a big following. It's all those things together. And you have to be smart enough to let people not take it to you because boxing is the dirtiest business around. Was, was there ever a moment, um, and I'm, I'm sure there was, where you were... A Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. About to make a deal or got offered a deal where you knew it was straight trash or oh, you were just yeah. like oh yeah. all the time all the time or even you get a deal that's straight trash and you know like i gotta take it because i need it you know what mm -hmm. i mean like it goes on all the time but i mean look i'm a woman you know i'm a woman and they'll, they'll tell me if i fight back if i argue if i want more then i'm difficult to work with and I wear that very proudly. I am difficult to work with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and you know what? Like a lot of that also, those lessons, Heather, they're translatable to even not just boxing, but I think nowadays in anything you do, like it's not just about what you're doing for a living. Chantel and I have these conversations all the time where it's like even in media, you have to be able to like market yourself. It's not about just the work. And I feel yeah. like that's. That's. I mean, I don't think that's a good thing necessarily, but it's important to know. So but I'm glad that you were lesson. able to teach that. Mm -hmm. It's a life lesson, as you said. All right, we're going to get into uh, what we call the mandatory maze to end this off, where it's a series of rapid-fire style questions. You answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. Uh, we'll, throw, we'll throw a few of them at you, and then we'll get you out of here. Chantel, would you like to begin other proceedings? I definitely would. Um, right now, I would love to get 
your pound for pound top five in boxing. You can go with women. You can go with men. Your pound for pound list top five. Clarissa Shields, Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor, Terrence Crawford. I can't think of no Canelo. I can't think of nobody else. No, that's a fire list. I'm with that. Okay, I give you one other fight, obviously other than Amanda Serrano, who you're about to fight, and we should say August 5th, Dallas, Texas. Um, one fight that you would want to have before officially hanging them up, who would that be against and why? Katie Taylor in Dublin. Ooh. That's where my family is from. I've never been to Ireland, and uh, I always wanted to fight Katie. So, yeah. Oh, you should definitely have a fight in Ireland before before it's all. That'd be that, crazy. That's kind, of, that's kind of the dream. Yeah, that would be awesome. No, um, we even we even loved it though because as soon as you said it, we were like, "Ooh!" So you yeah. know, boxing fans <laughs> could, are gonna want to see, see that like, as well. I, yeah. I could picture it. That's why Katie Taylor has a fight coming up this weekend against yeah. Chantel Cameron. So that should be good. Chantel? All right. Yeah. So obviously, entrances are one of the best things in boxing. You got a massive fight this weekend. Um, I know you're from Brooklyn, but have you figured out what your entrance is going to be and what your song is possibly going to be? Uh, it's hands down, Girl on Fire. Every every fight is Girl mm. on Fire. I am the Girl on Fire. Love that. Favorite and least favorite thing about New Brooklyn? New Brooklyn? Least favorite thing? The people. Yeah. I'm just mind their business. Stay home. Stay out of my borough, stay out of my city. But the best thing is all them people brought some good food spots. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, Heather, like there are, there's like four new coffee shops in Hell and around yes. my neighborhood. And I'm like, like taco trucks and stuff that they, they never used to be around. So. So you gotta be like, okay. <laughs> right, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially especially by like where Gleason's is at, that Dumbo area. There's a lot by there. I love it there. <laughs> All right, so I know you're trying to cut right now. You're training, gotta get down to 126. But after you're done training, what's gonna be the first meal that you wanna eat? Pizza and champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular kind of pizza, like pepperoni, cheese, well, like? I'm being Texas, so maybe I should say barbecue and champagne. And when I come mm -hmm. back to Brooklyn, I got to get me some Front Street pizza right here in Denver. All right. Like a whole <laughs> pie to sit on my couch and watch TV with bottles of champagne. <laughs> um, would you consider becoming or would you consider, I guess, staying involved in boxing at all uh, after you oh. finish fighting? I thought I would, but the business of it is so dirty and it's, it's almost like a like a huge trade in people's lives for your own money. And I just don't sit right with me, you know? Like, yeah, I could be a good manager. I could be a good promoter. I could be good at everything. But I always say like, I'll manage my boyfriend and that's it. Because I have to really care about you to be maneuvering through this business. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing you got to manage. Uh, this is the final one uh, for me though. We saw you also take the octagon before, had some really good performances in the octagon. Is that something you would ever revisit again in your career? Well, you know what they say, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. So if they're going to offer me enough money, I'll be back in them little green shorts right in there. <laughs> <laughs> Last one for me, um, because I know you love this group. Uh, top five Wu-Tang songs. 
Triumph, Protect Your Neck. Mm. Why can't I think of any more? Chacal, but I think that's just Method Man. Probably. We'll, that, that, we'll, we'll, we'll count that. Wu-Tang okay. affiliated. Okay. Um, there's so many to choose from. There's yeah. so many, and I'm like drawing a blank now because I've been listening to R&B for so long. <laughs> What are you um, listening to on the R&B tip? Uh, oh after my you God, this? Uh, my boyfriend got me listening to R. Kelly. What, <laughs> how do you call it? Um, <laughs> when a woman loves. And I was on the pier, I was like, this today singing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's who you want to be listening to right now. It doesn't now, matter. But... It's whatever gets up. So I can listen to rap in a minute. My mind is blank. And all I can think of is R. Kelly right now. No, it's it's okay. Because, like, I'm mad that I can't listen to a lot of R. Kelly songs. <laughs> like, I, I'll, I want to. No, you don't even understand. R. Kelly's got classics. You know what I mean? And it's like. It's hard. It's hard. So I'm I'm feeling you right there. Um, I'm sitting this one out. I'm sitting this one out. <laughs> no, for real. I've, I've, when I'm at the gym, I want to listen to Home Alone R. Kelly, but I can't. Like that's a that's a banger. That's a good song. It feels so. wrong. Every time it comes out, my boyfriend goes, "I don't even know what a hog tie is." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, Heather, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. You're the yes. first woman we've had on this show, and it's been an absolute honor. Um, thank you, for you know, having. yeah, and I've been following your career for a long time, and I gotta say, I am so excited for this fight. Uh, and I'm happy that you're gonna be taking on Amanda Serrano at this stage in women's boxing. And I think there's girls all over the world that are super excited to watch you fight. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely, Heather. Good talking to you again. Thanks right. for coming through.